hang on, hang on. Let's start this a bit differently, shall we? I'm Emma Millen and welcome to the Independent Podcast. I just want to say a massive, massive happy birthday to Independent. On Monday, they turned 15 years old. We have been bringing you all the best in music, gigs, drinks, everything at all. It's been happening for 15 years, so massive, massive congratulations. one today i am joined by no other than robert allen from glass vegas and has their warm-up show here at independent so let's just get straight into it so we are joined by robert allen one of the best bands in my opinion to come out of scotland glass vegas thank you very much for joining me hello thank you i bet you say that to every band I, I don't, man. Well, maybe I do. <laughs> maybe you've got me. You've got me. Obviously, you have many, many moons ago, you have played the old independent, but yeah. you're coming back to the new independent. What you brings what? you back? So I'm really glad you've said that it was the old independent. Do you know why? Because <laughs> why? this is my memory from playing there. I was too tall for the stage <laughs> and I had to take my shoes off because I actually couldn't stand up straight on the stage. So I'm glad that you're telling me it's a new venue. Happy new venue. You're going to have, hopefully, you know, you're not like a giant. I mean, you're an average size man and it'll all go fine. <laughs> well, I'm six foot four. And then when the quiff's up as well, that adds on about extra height. So <laughs> hopefully we'll just have to make maybe a little indent for you in the floor, maybe in the stage. So you're just like on, on head height of, yeah. of your other band members. What brings you back? So... It was a strange one. The, the, that, the Sunderland gig we did was one of the, my most favourite gigs of that kind of time of doing the gigs because people from Sunderland and Newcastle are just mad. Yeah. And I find that they're really similar to kind of Scottish audiences. To be honest, it's that kind of working class, um, want to go out and kind of just have a good time kind of vibe. Um, so we're, we always love playing in that kind of that part of the country. So. Yeah, we needed, we needed to choose somewhere to do a gig before the festival and uh, me and the bass player were like, Sunderland's good. So then we did Sunderland and that was it. And then you, he will have it. So you haven't sort of, you warm up sort of show back in a small venue. Do you think the, the crowd would have changed? Do you think you're going to have the old school people back or do you hope to have new people? What do you think? I don't think we'll have anyone now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there, it's fine. I'll just be the, the one and only, keep going. <laughs> I think um, what what I've noticed happening at gigs now, I know we've not did gigs for a couple of years because of COVID and stuff, but what, what I was noticing before was that it was kind of, it was men that were coming to see the band, like grown up men, adults. And what's happening now is they've had kids and they're bringing their kids to shows. So it's like that kind of generational thing, which is really nice where like younger people are finding the band and getting really excited, which is it's really good. And I guess that must happen for bands, that cycle of new people coming. So um yeah it tends to be kind of sweaty old men um <laughs> i used to wish it was like you know younger women but obviously we're all married now and kids and that kind of thing so that's out the window but um yeah i'm just happy if anyone turns up <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure they will they didn't say that obviously you are coming back to independent as i've said and um what is it for you to support sort of grassroots venues grassroots venues well what can i let us try and get good if, if that makes sense so when we started we had a drummer that was shite <laughs> he was awful right now I mean this with the utmost respect when she left the band she still couldn't play the drums and this was like five years later 
so we we needed small venues and independent venues to let us go in and practice and do that thing and, and hone that craft and if they're not there which i know a lot of them are closing especially up here it's it's a shame and i don't really know what that means for the future of music uh, especially live music and, and bands in particular um but that's why it's great to come and do these venues we always love doing the, the smaller venues because there's just an energy that you don't really get so much with bigger venues you can kind of see like people's eyeballs and you can see if they're having a good time or not whereas with the bigger venues it's just it's a different vibe um but yeah i think i think supporting small independent venues like like independence really important definitely and obviously we've we've not had gigging for so long we've not even yeah. been allowed out the house i don't <laughs> like mentioning it but how was lockdown for the band so we spent about five years making an album and uh, it was ready to be released and then COVID happened. So ironically, we had to put it on pause for like another year. We had tours booked, we had all these different things booked. Um, so we were just kind of, I think we thought it was going to be over within like a month. The same, you know, I think most people were like, just, just, everybody will get the flu and it'll move on. Anyway, so yeah, we've, we've just been kind of buzzing to get out and do some gigs. We did like an online gig. Uh, four months ago and, and that was really good getting the band together to practice and get drunk and, and play for that but this is like our first gig since 2018 I think first like live gig in front of an audience so it's the best we've ever sounded it's probably the best and the most we've ever rehearsed for a gig to be honest we normally do two rehearsals for a tour <laughs> I shouldn't even say that it's terrible but this is like we're in like three days a week like which is quite a lot for us yeah, so that's kind of how lockdown was for the band. It was, we were all quite unsociable people. So it was it really suited us to not have to go and see other people. <laughs> but yeah, now we're having to kind of get to grips with the, the anxiety of going to meet people. So how, how, how was lockdown for you? Oh, I mean, I don't even want to talk about it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, obviously, you said that you know, you're practicing, you've never put so much effort in, like, you know, does it sort of take you back to the old days when you were like starting out? Is it like squeaky bum time when you're going to get on there uh, on that stage? Do you think? Do you know what is reminiscent of that? And the reason it's reminiscent of that is because like the the energy between the band is quite similar to the way it was. I sometimes I see bands and I think you're going through the motions. You release an album, you do this, yeah, you know, it's a slog. Whereas like we feel quite rejuvenated because we haven't released an album in like eight years. We usually did a few festivals each year just to kind of keep things ticking over, but it just feels really like fresh again and exciting to be in each other's company and taking the piss out of each other and <laughs> just having a good time, you know. And I think when that when a band is like that, that kind of shows on stage, there's like something that, that comes with that. So, I mean, what do you really, really miss about gigging? Is it like like the tour? Is it the being together? Is it being together with an audience? What is it that you really, really have missed? I really miss the drugs, <laughs> but that was that was like Las Vegas 2009. <laughs> mm. If you now what I miss, I really, I do you know what, I just really miss like hanging out with my best friends. That sounds really uh, soppy, but <laughs> um, because it's like that's the same. Like we are all best friends. Like I grew up with the singer. Me and James are cousins. Our mums are twin sisters. I went to school with a bass club, so it's like. We've known each other for like 20 odd years. Um, and it's just like, it's going out and connecting with people when music is quite a special thing. I think being able to do that is um, it's quite real. And I don't take it for granted that I can still do it like 
however many you was it 15 years later or something it's like it's don't it's mention that thing. i mean you don't look a day over 12 well mm. give or take um, <laughs> obviously you mentioned your new album godspeed is it going to be the first time playing it yes well well as a band yes so me and james did some acoustic shows just before the before the big lockdown and uh, it was really as like a road test to just to try out some of the new songs and it was amazing it was such a good experience we would go around like little towns and me and james it was just an excuse for us to go away and get drunk and play some songs it was great um but to actually playing these songs other than the live stream gig yeah this is the first time so what well, that that's probably why we're rehearsing so much as well Pure, as you said, squeaky bum time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's the first time, which so then, yeah, I guess there is a little bit of added pressure. And it's so the other thing that's strange as well within the new songs is, and I notice is every time we do an album, you play less and less of the old songs. So we're trying to make sure we've got all the old songs in that everyone likes and do enough new songs. So it's, it's yeah. I mean, obviously the album's been out for some time, so we can, well, a few months, so you know, hopefully people have got the lyrics, but is it a bit scary, you know, when you start playing that new song and nobody's singing, like, the old songs, you know what I mean? Is that a scary thing, or do you just think, you know what, it's new, it's fine? Do you know what? I think it's just, you need to have that kind of belief that you think the songs are good. And the thing is, everyone reacts differently, do you know what I mean? Like, I think when we brought out the first album, it was just people going mad and jumping about because you're, like, the new band. And then when we did the second record and people weren't jumping about, I remember thinking maybe they don't like it, but it's just because they were listening and it was a different kind of vibe. Uh, but I just gauge it on, like, if I'm having a good time, well, then they must be having a good time. <laughs> it's just quite a selfish, um, <laughs> selfish way to look at it, but that's, yeah. What's your favourite song on the album? Uh, favourite song is probably a song called... Oh, that's a difficult one. Mm, a song called My Body is a Glass House a thousand stones ago. And why is that? So I think that was one of the first songs that I heard off it. James had did like a demo in the studio and I heard it and I was just like, wow. I was like, it sounds like kind of like Bruce Springsteen cool. And that's when I get really excited about the new about the new songs like this. When I say I heard that, I heard it in 2014. <laughs> so it was a long time ago. But uh, yeah, and that was that was the song that I get most excited about. For some reason, I don't know why. I mean, there's there's loads of great songs on it, but that's that's the one that I like. Yeah. Is that the same song that you're gonna be looking forward to actually playing live, or is there a totally different song that is, you know, ready for that crowd audience? Probably a song called "Dying to Love." I think will be really because so we're not playing Glasshouse live. That's a strange thing that I'm saying. That's my favorite song, and we're not playing it. But um, the songs that we've picked to play off the album are more kind of upbeat songs. Is there a, a specific lyric or a specific point in the song that you just like, I can't wait for the crowd to hear that and the crowd to just go ballistic? Because, you know, we're up in Sunderland, how <laughs> so, I, I, so with the song Dying to Live, there's, there's, a, there's a bit in it that I still can't play right. <laughs> right? So I'm a guitarist, right? I can I play the guitar using one finger. That is where I'm, that's where my magic lies. This one little finger, right? Okay. So oi, oi. with Dying to Live, I need to play two keyboards at the one time. I'm not a keyboard player, right? So yeah, even if people just want to come and see me be absolutely shocking, shocking, then that is worth it alone for that. So that that's the bit I'm looking forward to, to see if I actually get that right. I mean, no pressure at all. I mean, you've really picked this up. That, like, you're know, all having squeaky bum times. I can't even play the songs. Like, you know, what's the point of this? <laughs> no, the, the thing is, the rest of the band are great. Like, they can do what they need to do. It's just me that's, that's um, 
I'm uh, technically challenged. I think that's the best way to put it, yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll put it that way. Um, this podcast is all about talking to bands that are coming up, gigs coming up at Independent. We also talk to local bands in Sunderland and in the Northeast um, mm-hmm. and giving advice on how they've started and passing it through so that we get more local bands and local bands getting that national recognition as well. For you, you have done all that and you are an experienced band. You have been around for some time. What advice would you give for anyone that's even listening right now and they're not even in a band or for them bands that are here already making waves in Sunderland? How do they progress? I mean, things have changed so much since we came out, but I think... I think the thing is having like a really strong foundation as a band. So there's loads of people that will come in to that circle and try and kind of shake things up. And I think you need to be really solid as like a unit. And I think if you're really solid as a band, and I would include management in that and, and you know, other people that are close to the band, then then you'll be, you'll be in, in good stead and just following your instinct. I guess that was the thing. We always followed what we thought was right. But people used to say, don't do that. Don't sing in a Scottish accent because nobody else does it. And we were like, well, that's just the way James sings. You know, it was the silly things like, why have you got a drummer that does that? Well, that's all she can do, you know? So I guess it's just like following your instinct and trusting each other. I suppose, you know, you're from Scotland. We're from the northeast. It's the north. And um, I think a lot of bands that I've interviewed have said, you know, we can't make it out of the northeast. We can't get it coming down to London. And everyone says, you know, you've got to be in London. You've got to be here. You should prove that you don't have to. You have done yeah. your thing. Um, yeah. What advice would you give on that sort of front? So uh, what we did was we bought a transit van, like a big white van. We put a mattress in the back. We quit our jobs and we drove up and down the country playing to like two people for a year. And if someone would give us like £10 petrol money, we would go and do the gig. And it, that that's really, really what it took, to be honest. It was social media was really good this is when social media was just starting so we really utilized that but it was just to getting out there and playing to people to be honest like doing as many gigs as you can and not waiting for gigs to come to you actually going out and seeking gigs um i mean people in glasgow kind of thought we were a joke to, to begin with they thought we were like the proclaimers or something because the way james sang and like the things he was singing about so we thought well if it's not really happening in glasgow let's go elsewhere. So as it says, we used to just drive up and down. And if you do that many gigs and you're good, someone will see you and something good will happen for you, which is what happened with us. Alan McGee saw us and then all the record companies get really interested and then they had to come up to Glasgow to sign us. Like you said, that was the thing, everyone needs to go to London. Well, they had to come to Glasgow, which was great. So, yeah. Absolutely amazing stuff. Well, I wish you all the best on the 28th of August. Didn't cock it up, okay? Try and, you know, get some more things in because you weren't uh, confident on them them fingers. Anyway, <laughs> if anyone hasn't got tickets to go see you, what is to, to come? And if you haven't got tickets, what do you say to them people that don't? You're going to miss us playing some, some of our top 10 hits off of our debut number two selling album, which was Mercury nominated platinum selling so you're going to miss some of those hits if you don't come along I mean it's not a big deal it's you know it's just it's just worth saying and you you won't get to see this gorgeous face either so yeah sold you got us sold what a guy Robert Allen from no other than Las Vegas as mentioned they will be playing right here in Sunderland on Saturday the 28th of August 
and there is still tickets available. Head over to independentsunderland.com for tickets and to see what else we have coming up. If you're enjoying the podcast, please do leave us a review and you can now watch the uncut interviews on our YouTube channel. Just search for Independent Sunderland. That's all for this week, but I'll be back next week. And until then, I'll see you later.